0: This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What up, Hopeland Church? We are here now in part two, uh, dos, of cultural conversations. All right, so... Uh, I hope you enjoyed last week with my beautiful wife speaking. She did such a great job. Uh, I thought that was a really powerful message um, on this conversation concerning culture and the church, Christ, and culture, and all that good stuff. So um, today, uh, we're continuing with part two. So I hope you enjoyed worship and everything. And and please, those that are um, part of our online community... Um, even some new people I know have jumped on and, and, and have been connecting, even in the prayer gatherings we're doing in the mornings, um, prayer and devos. Um, and so those of you that out there, I know we have announcements and stuff, but just as a reminder, we, we do have a online prayer and devotions. We do three days a week live on Facebook and Instagram uh, from 7 to 7.30 in the morning. And so it's just a simple, just reading some scriptures and praying together, praying, people putting in their prayer requests and uh, and we we pray together and it's it's a half hour, 7 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. every Sunday, Tuesday and Thursday. So um, with that said, you know, I just wanted to know like anybody out there, um, if you have any feedback for us based on your experience with um, online here and, and how we're doing it, Any thoughts, questions, input, please DM us, okay? Or you can email us, all right? You can email us at at our church email. It's hello at hopelandla.com. So um, anyways, um, I I was just going to jump in the word, but I just felt in my heart and spirit just to let folks know um, that are out there and part of our online community, um, we'd like to hear your feedback or even if it's a, a positive thing or even something you feel like we could do better. Um, you're the ones experiencing this so um, and we we're, we're listening. We want to know um, how we can do this uh, the best way possible. Um, and so um, and I know some new people have jumped on. Um, recently and really been attending actually consistently and even in our prayer gatherings as well during the week. So um, welcome and I'm stoked you're here. So here's part two. Uh, let me pray and then we'll jump right into to what we're gonna discuss today. So uh, Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this community. We thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to minister, to teach and preach the Bible. Lord, and I pray that your presence is here, that people encounter you and uh, things by the Spirit of God, I pray come alive and are ignited. I pray for revelation. I pray that people literally um, see Jesus in a new and a fresh way today. I pray that they see things uh, by the Holy Spirit and they discern things and hear things that are applicable. I pray for prophetic revelation uh god for prophetic vision of who they are in you and what they're called to do i pray that happens today lord in jesus name we pray everybody said amen all right cultural conversations um here we go uh first point i'm just going to jump right in because this kind of says everything we're going to talk about here it is Uh, uh there's a difference between christ and culture okay there is a difference between christ and culture And so when we talk about cultural conversations, what this is requiring us to do, my wife and I and just um, our church is like, it's requiring us to talk about what's going on, what is in culture, what is a part of our literal world. Let's talk about these things, okay? We can't cover everything, but we're trying to just really talk about and cover things um, that that we believe God is putting in our heart specifically, and uh, this is just necessary, uh, that we cannot shy away from culture and try to hide from it or, or not or ignore it, if you will, um, and, and really kind of talk about these things and uh, the reality of who Christ is in and through all of this. So here we go. So once again, there's a difference between Christ and culture. I know you know that, but we're going to really talk about it. Okay, so here we go and this is not an exhaustive definition of Christ, but just for the sake of this message and the discussion of this, is Christ is the eternal Son of the living God. He is our Savior, King, Master, and Lord. Can I get an amen? All right, so Christ, the person, capital P, the God-man, okay, He is our message, He is our example, He is the lover of our soul, and he is the one and only head of the church, okay? So that's not everything as to who he is, but just gives you an idea of when we talk about culture in Christ, right there by defining who Christ is in some degree, to the best of my ability, we're seeing that culture is different, okay? And so here we go. Uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. Let's turn there. 1 John 5, 20. Here it goes and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Somebody say revelation. Okay, that we may know Him. Okay, who is true, and we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. So that's who Christ is, okay? That's just one verse but that just gives you an idea okay he him we that we might know him paul said in philippians um i count all things lost to the excellency of the knowledge of jesus christ he said that i might know him right the power of his resurrection the fellowship of his sufferings also said uh paul said and i believe the letter to 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 the colossian church him we preach he is our message Here it says, we are in him who is true, that we might know him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. He is eternal. Jesus has is not, Jesus the son was not created. He was begotten of the father, came forth from the father, of the same essence as the father, right? Um, He was begotten, not made. Okay, so when we speak of Christ, we're not speaking of, when we speak of his incarnation, that's when he was um, incarnated in time, but he was before time. Okay, so um, that's when he showed up with human flesh, but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God okay he was crucified before the foundation of the world he is eternal i know you know this but i'm going somewhere okay just hang out with me because we're talking about kosher here and when we speak of christ um everything else is secondary when we speak of who he is everything 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 everything, everything in life our known world secondary he is the preeminent one and so with um, that said, once again, um, there is a difference between Christ and culture, okay? So so let me read, this is, um, uh, you know, relatively lengthy here, but I just want to give you a definition, just a basic definition of culture, all right? Being that this is culture conversations, right? So culture, and I know you guys know this, but let me... Let me just walk through it, all right? But culture is the customs, arts, social institutions, achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group, okay? I'm gonna continue to give some definition of this. And some of this I'm repeating, but it's just, just being clear, okay? So, so culture, right, can be defined as the ways of life of a people the ways of life of a people including arts beliefs institutions of a population that are passed down from generation to generation culture has been called the way of life for a certain society okay um, as such it includes codes codes manners behaviors dress language religion rituals right so we say Somebody say culture, just say it, say culture, that's culture, all right? Here it is, Uh, one last part here. Culture is the societal norms, values, and beliefs that a group of people, somebody say people, ascribe to, okay? So for example, we could go on and on about this and just, yeah, I'm sure as I'm sharing this, you see in your life, your journey of your existence, you see culture, some things were handed to you, and it was culture, it was culture. And 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 um, and it's passed down. It's a way. It's there's codes, customs, ways of doing things, manner, language, right? Even in our religion, there is this cultural piece that is passed or parts of it, right? So that is culture. Um, so, for example, you know, the the culture in America is this is prevalent from coast to coast, right? that Americans work really long hours. And it's an American phenomenon. A lot of other nations don't work as much as Americans. Look at your neighbor next to you, the neighbor next to you, and ask them, what is wrong with America, right? No, the point is that that is a cultural piece of this particular nation. And... And the reason I use that as an example is because my wife is Canadian. So uh, even Canadians, uh, I think, do a better job of not being so, um, you know, uh, like workaholic type. Like workaholic living, a workaholic issue is an American phenomenon. Right. So it's American culture. And I'm not going to go into as to why and where it came from. uh, You know, it's just it has been passed. It is generational. It is in the water of America. Right. I married a Canadian and I and I really being married to a Canadian. I could see how without her help in the Holy Spirit, um, I would truly be your classic workaholic. And those in ministry are no different. Like, you know, pastors are workaholics and then, but they spiritualize it and think and say they're doing the will of the Lord. But then their home life, wife, marriage, kids are a mess. And they're like, you know, but I'm succeeding for the kingdom. And you know what I mean. And I know that sounds a little facetious, or what? You know, but but you know it is true. Okay, so uh, forgive me for being facetious. But I know this. I know this. I'm American, and um, and uh, that is something that is, it's culture. It's it's a way of life in a society. That isn't necessarily healthy. Not all culture is bad. Culture is just the result of people. It's it's humanity. It is culture can be good, right? Like not, it's not that culture is bad because culture is within creation. But so, and creation is not bad. Um, you know, creation is not evil. Um, and it is to be enjoyed and celebrated, you know, um, not all of culture, because not all of culture is good, right? Can I get an amen? Uh, but, but it is never, this is the point, it is never to be worshipped. It, it is always to take um, second chair to Christ, right? It, at best, second chair, right? Um, or dethroned altogether, depending on what it is, okay? So, so Christ, right, the difference, Christ is unchanging, eternal before time divine and not created hallelujah that's why we worship him that that's why um, we are truly changed by him right so he is the king of kings and lord of lords he always was is always will be he is the i am okay hallelujah somebody say hallelujah right so, so not not religion not our church not our local church not our church brand not our way of doing church no 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 none of that all of that is culture Christ the person is the only one worthy of worship and adoration adulation honor love and with respect to worship so can I get an amen and so culture is different. Culture began in time. Culture changes. Culture evolves. Culture adapts, right? Um, you know, the older I get, the more I have an affinity for the culture of things I come from, right? Just it's human nature to go, man, you know, the music nowadays, aint they don't make it like they used to. Somebody say amen. You know, you got people in the kitchen. Man, Tupperware today, they don't make it like they used to, right? Or whatever it is. Like we look back going, them was the good old days, right? Why do we act like that? Why? Because we appreciate elements of culture. And some things I know we were glad have changed, right? Like, Because you ever look back and it's culture and you grew up in it and you're like, that was weird. You know, can I get an amen? Somebody, that was wrong. Like, that was not okay, right? And then there are things you're like, man, like, man, it ain't like it used to be, right? But that is the nature of creation, that it is changing, evolving, and adapting. It is a part of creation. Culture is not divine In nature, it is a human phenomenon. It will not transcend eternity. Come on, somebody say amen. Does that make it any less than it should be? No, it just puts it in its place in comparison to Christ. That is all. Can I get an amen? Okay, so if I were to have some sort of imagery here that you could look at, I would have a Blank sheet of paper, I draw a line down the center. We would put God on one side, we would put everything else on the other side. Guess what goes on the creation side? Culture goes there. Come on now. God on one side, everything else. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on the divine side. On the other side of that line, you have people, you have culture, you have customs, methods. Methodologies, ideologies, everything in the created order goes over there. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right, here we go, Romans chapter one, verse 24. Romans chapter one, verse 24, and I'm gonna read to verse 25, okay? I'm gonna read to verse 25. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, Verse 25, who, here it is. This is what we're talking about right here. Verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped, everybody say worshiped, and served, everybody say served. Say this with me, say they worshiped and they served. Say it again, say they worshiped and they served. Say this with me, they worshiped and they served. The creation, rather than the creator. What is, our, what is the problem with the world today? Is humanity has chosen to worship creation in some aspect. On that side of the sheet of the paper I drew for you, we've chosen to worship something that is good, even, can be good, and enjoy, and even celebrate to some degree, right? But we have chosen in our humanity in our fallen nature, in our sin to worship it instead of Christ. And that is a lie, that is deception, and that is sin to worship. So there is a difference between Christ and culture. Verse 25, I'm gonna read again, who exchanged the truth, exchanged the truth of God for the lie, what is the lie? What is the deception? They worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The creator, blessed forever, eternal. What is it saying? Eternal, eternal, not created, not made. We worship God, the eternal, invisible God who always was and is and always will be. We worship him. We adore him. He is our savior. He is our our only help in this world. We, as Christ followers, choose to worship, choose him over everybody, everything else. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. So what does worship mean here in the Greek? It means to venerate, to fear, to adore. It means to be in awe by one's own twisted definition of what deserves reverence. So this... Is what humanity does when they don't know Christ. This is what they do. This is, we were created to worship. So we don't know Him. We, he has not been revealed to us. We then find something, somebody to worship. All right? And so serve, what does serve mean? It's kind of the same kind of word. It means to worship and minister to. What does it mean? It means to serve. In this context, it means they worshiped and served, meaning they they worshiped, they adored, they st- stand in awe of created things more than the creator. And they serve, meaning to serve, in this context means to serve a created thing the way we should only be serving God. Hallelujah, somebody say amen. So here's my next point. Uh, let's not try to make sacred what is common. All right. Let's not try. Let's not, try, cause I say try because we don't, we don't have the authority to in truth look at a common thing and make it divine. So let's not try to make sacred what is common. I love my wife, but I don't worship her. Somebody say, man, she loves me. She, she adores me. Okay. She can't get enough of it. All right, so praise the Lord. But there's a line in the sand and I'm on the created side. As good as I am to her, right? As as much as she loves me, right? I am over here. Jesus is over here, right? Hallelujah. So let's not try to make what, to make sacred what is common. Let's not try to make sacred what is common. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10 to 13. 2 Peter 3, verse 10 to 13. Here we go. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with the fervent heat. Everything in creation will melt one day and be gone. Somebody say amen. All right, scientists have proven this, that when they break down mo- molecules and break them down to their, 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 their smallest, uh, you know, uh, 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 kind of the smallest piece of matter itself, they've discovered that everything is burning um, pretty, pretty wild. And the Bible says that the that the elements will melt with a fervent heat one day. It, it's going to fall apart and it is falling apart. All right, come on now, the older you get, the older you get, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 these muscles and bones don't do what they used to, right? So both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up, all right? Um, does that mean that we we don't want, need to be good stewards of the earth? And No, no, we're not saying that we just be careless. It's not a license for carelessness. That is not what this is saying, but it is bringing into context the created world is going to pass away. The world and its desires will pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. Okay, we're really talking about today be having an an eternal mindset, being driven by eternity, okay? And so um, verse 11, therefore, um, since all these things will be dissolved, okay, everything on the created side will be dissolved. Uh, What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? All right, um, he saying, man, this, this, this don't put all your stock in this world. Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. All right, verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming day of God, uh, because of which the heavens will be dissolved. It's speaking of these, the first heaven, the, 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 the literal space we're in, the heavens. That's one of, that's what it's speaking. It's not speaking of heaven Speaking of the heavens within the earth realm uh, will be being on fire, and the elements, the elements, the elements, creation will melt with fervent heat. Verse thirteen. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Here's my next point. Um, it's just a it's just a flip on the last one I gave, but let's not try to make common what is sacred, right? Uh, Let's not try to make common what is sacred. Let's allow what is holy to be holy in our hearts, our approach toward what is holy. Let's not put what is common in the secular space or the sacred space and call it sacred. Let's not take what is sacred and put it in a common space? Let's not call Christ culture and culture Christ. Let's not don't look at your look at the person next to you and tell them, don't get it twisted. Right? Don't get it twisted. So here we go. Um, you know, and, and there are things I'm sure like maybe growing up in your house in your home you know there might have been things maybe your parents maybe grandparents that you know what like they got this piece of furniture man that it is sacred like it's not moving you know and 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 I don't know it could have been an ugly couch and they're like you know they got the plastic on it you know what i mean it's like been around forever it's like hey it's probably time for a new couch you know sell it on offer up something they're like no You know what I mean? Uh, And, and, you know, they're just, they, they just have this affection for this piece of furniture. And sometimes, I get it, sometimes these things are like family heirlooms, right? They literally are passed on, right? Nothing wrong with that. But the idea behind this is, you know, we in our humanity sometimes, you know, we will make something sacred, like don't touch it, right? So even my wife in our house, and I've shared this before, I believe, but um, we've had in the past, you know, we've had this whole section of towels for guests, and they're the nicest ones. And I remember being like, hey, I wanna use, these are soft, they're kind, you know, they're thick. I'm like, man, and my wife's like, no, those are for the guests. Sacred, don't touch it, right? Don't touch it. Don't, don't. So, so it's like don't use what is sacred for a common purpose. And I'm like, what are you saying that I'm common? You know? It's, yes, these are for guests when they come. Now we have since used those, right? We're like, look, ain't had guests in a while. COVID hit, ain't having anybody over. You know what I mean? So we have sensed taken what was secular and used it for a common purpose now I was just talking to my wife yesterday about this and she's like man we need some more guest towels right and guess what I'm not gonna be able to use them right so just you know and I know in in, in our homes right I, certain families and stuff this is somewhat common is like the, the, when you're a kid and stuff there's like the dining room and you don't go in there like kids don't touch that sacred holy purpose set apart. And so the idea of this is let's, in our spiritual life, in our relationship with Jesus, what is sacred? Let's just let that be holy. Like, let's not, let's not, let's not confuse things here. Let what is truly unchanging be that in our lives. And everything else, hey, it's going to change. It's going to shift. I am, I heard one, Preacher, say it this way. Um, as far as pastoring and stuff, the language he uses says, hey, let's stay married to the message, the gospel, Jesus, right? Like that is what we're married to. That That's not gonna change, but in, in the, this is the way he said it. be Stay married to the message and date the model, meaning... That the model, the approach, the expression of how we do this is not sacred. The message is, the method isn't, right? And so here we go. Let's just talk about this for a minute. So, what falls under the divine category? All right, what falls? This is a cultural conversation. So, what falls under the divine category? And I'm only going to share a few things. And I know that you could say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Yes, but this is like just the main things that in Christian's life. The this these for sure point blank period are not changing. All right? So here they are. And I only got three and I'll kind of explain some of them, but I only got three here. Number 1, the Bible, the written word of God. It is we believe it is God inspired and error infallible, the Bible. Those holy scriptures. Not changing. Not going to change that, not taking pages out, not going to make adjustments to it to fit my, the culture. No, it's not changing. It's the holy word of God. It is eternal. We've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. It is God-breathed, God-inspired, inerrant, infallible. Bam, Bible, boom. Holy, don't touch it. Receive from it, submit to it. Learn to read it, study it, and interpret it properly. But it is holy. Somebody say amen. The holy Bible, right? San, Santa Biblia. It is the holy book. Hallelujah. Next, there's Bible. Next, the presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of God. The known yet mysterious life-changing power of the Holy Spirit. It's not like we got God in a bottle here. Oh, check it out. I got this presence. Here we go. I got it right here in my pocket. Like we don't have control. We don't have the formula. But at the end of the day, God is holy. His presence is holy. And and we, we can't touch that. We can't manufacture it. We can't manipulate God to show up. But he does show up. He does respond to prayer. He does respond to praise. He does respond to humility. His presence can be made known in in, in the gathering of the saints. So the Bible and the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the anointing, you could say anointing, you know, the glory of God. Yes, holy, divine not touching it. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Like I said before, there's a difference between Christ and culture. Here's another one. Our foundational doctrines, okay? Our foundational doctrines or fundamental foundational teachings of the scripture. Um, the, the, the the basic tenets of what makes a Christian a Christian. Are there other teachings in the scripture? In this, yes. And are there churches that say, oh, I believe that, but I don't believe that? Yes, there, you know, but this right here, what I'm about to say, there is no negotiation. This is what makes us Christian in theology and doctrine teaching. Okay, and it's not a long list. Okay, but this will not change and, and cannot change because it's fundamental to who we are. And here it is, foundational doctrines. Number one, who is Jesus? He is God and man. And he is in two natures. He's 100% God, 100% man. That will not change. He had to be and has to be God. He had to be and has to be man. He is both and, sinless, born of a virgin, all that. But who is Jesus? That is a foundational doctrine and cannot be changed. Next one, who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? They are God, three in one. Those are absolutely foundational. And our acknowledgement and knowledge of that is in teaching makes us Christians. For a Christian, Jesus is not just a prophet, not just a mysterious historical figure, not just a miracle worker. He is God and man two natures. Born of a virgin, begotten, not made, eternal, not created. Somebody say, man, I keep going and going, but who is Jesus? The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Are there other things? Yes, but I'm just sticking to bottom line, this is divine, eternal in nature, in uh. In respect to the juxtaposition of Christ and culture, bam, that's those. what I just said are in the divine category. Here we go, Galatians chapter three, verse 26 and 29 to 29. Galatians chapter three, verse 26 to 29, here we go. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Somebody say culture. There is neither slave nor free. Somebody say the ills of culture right there. Or this world for that matter. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. The okay, hierarchy. Okay? for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, and if you are Christ, then you are out of Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Really good, Galatians, I love it. Here it is, my next point. Our baptism is into Christ, okay? It's not into culture. So our baptism is into Christ, no more, no less. No more, no less, that's it. You were not baptized into a church. You were not baptized into a religious community. You were not baptized into Um, some kind of ideology. You are not baptized into American church culture. Your baptism is into Christ, the person, period. That is a representation, a public um, acknowledgement, a public display of an inward work, and it is Christ and Christ alone, nothing else. It's not an organization. It's not religious institution. It is Christ, the person. All right, so we are baptized into Christ. It is allegiance to him, identification with him, the person. Nothing more, nothing less. Now, I'm going somewhere because there's a difference between Christ and culture. So, so our baptism does not in any way ascribe us or call our allegiance to any other person, place, thing, institution, or ideology. Why am I saying this? Because though baptized into Christ, We find community in Christ and in his people, among his people. But among those people, in every people group or gathering, there is culture. And there is much of what is in even Christian community is culture. It's where people are. But we must learn to separate what is Christ and what is culture in the church context because we get confused. I mean, because think about it you're serving God. You've come to the knowledge of Christ. You're in community. You're like, wow. And so we start to associate with how things are done and the method and the way and the customs of those people are divine. And it is not. It's just a method, a way, an expression. Those are cool and good, but that is not what you're baptized into. The, those things change. I mean, I've been in the church Um since, you know, the early 90s, okay? And so things have changed, and some for the better. Sometimes I look back and go, oh man, I miss that, you know, I missed some things. But the cultural elements change, Christ does not, okay? And so the, the problem with this, and I'm speaking as a pastor, when we associate a sacrament like baptism, something that is holy, And what it represents that we are, as we are, as as the scriptures say, as we are in the likeness of his death, we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, right? That we are buried with him through baptism. We shall be raised again in newness of life, right? What that all represents, right? Jesus died, rose again, we go down, we rise again, we are submerged in water, we are fully dead, we die, we're buried, we come up, right? Oh, that's beautiful. It's amazing. Jesus was baptized. Hallelujah, right? And they baptized in an early church. Early church, they were killed for being baptized because they were truly saying, this is who I am now. Y'all can kill me if you want. They go down, they come up, they get killed, right? That that, that was a reality of the early church. And I know people that have been rejected by their family because they were publicly baptized. So so it's, it's a beautiful thing what it is because it is Christ and Christ alone. It is not a conversion to a different religion. It is a person you are baptized into. That is it, right? And so, as pastors, when we associate a sacrament like baptism to something else or something more than what it is, let me be honest with you. We are in danger of cultic practices because we are now calling allegiance to to created things, and that, in and of itself, is idolatry. It is idolatry in the the most basic, like, When we are taking what is holy and we're doing it for the profit of an organization or church growth, you know, for the organizational purposes, or we kind of, you know, like when we take what is holy and it's used or we associate that baptism with our church organization, we are in danger of cultic practices. Why? Because we are choosing to worship the creation rather than the creator. That is what we're doing. Somebody say amen. So, so what falls under the culture category? I, everything else, right? Everything, everything, but I just got a few here. And I'm speaking from the church, okay? From as a pastor that, uh, um, I feel the responsibility, the, the grace and the weight and responsibility to separate the two here and say, man, look, I'm trying to set some folks free. Like this culture is not Christ. Christ is not culture. So we can do how, like, you know, we can do like, how we like things, all this and that, but there's nothing sacred about how we do church. You get what I'm saying? Like, that, our service, the way our service, like, all of that is a method. You know, the early church did not do church like we do it today at all, at all, at all. Now, you know, I'm not, and, and so you could see the scriptures, like, the scripture isn't clear on method. Why? Because, um, God in His infinite wisdom understand time. He understood where this is going. He knows. He sees it from the beginning to the end. So, 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 methods can change, and we uh, are not obligated to methods that we're doing now. Nor are we obligated to methods that were done in the past. So, what falls under the culture category? Politics. It's in the culture category. Why? It's created. It's, it's, it's the, it's a result of time. It is, as a result of the, uh, of time, politics was not, is not in eternity. It's a human phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? Uh, It is, it is part of the, of the human experience. So it's a culture category. Uh, People, group practices, customs, traditions, church methods, how we do church. Look at our practice and function of religion in America is the result of American culture. It's it's where we are. It's how it's done. It's how people respond to it. You know, so you know it's 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 a moving part, and and we should allow it to be moved. Like back in the day, I had to wear a suit and tie to church every day, every every time I went. You know what I mean? Every even midweek service, I was rocking suit and tie. You know, it was just a culture. It was a culture. Uh, praise the Lord. I've been delivered from that. I don't, you know, and no, I, I like the suit and tie. You know what I mean? My wife, actually, she's from the East Coast. She's from Toronto. When she came to California, when we got married, um, 2009, it was like, she didn't wear jeans to church. And so she's like, man, all these people were like, they're wearing jeans, wearing jeans, they're wearing jean shorts, and a tank top and flip flops. And I was like, what's going on, right? She wasn't like, oh, sinner. She's just like, whoa, like different culture, different culture. California culture is different than the East Coast, right? And, and so it's just a different culture, right? Um, you know, back in the day too in churches, you would have like banners all around the church and some of them still got them, but it's like they would be like purple banners and it would say Lamb of God, Almighty God. It would have the names of God, El Shaddai, um, El, uh, you know, um, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Rapha, and it would be like these kind of purple, it would always be purple, right? Because purple is royalty, you know what I mean? Or like back then, like churches would have flags everywhere. Just need flags, all of it, because we're called to the nations, right? So you gotta have the flags in the sanctuary, right? But those are culture. It's a method, approach, nothing wrong with it, but it's culture. A local church's brand, culture, mission, and vision statement like those things are culture. When a church emphasizes their organizational culture, their church's vision and mission over foundational doctrines in Christ himself, we are in danger of creating this social religious construct around an organizational drive as opposed to the person Christ, all right? So an organization's, church's brand, culture, mission, and vision is secondary to Christ. It must be, it must be secondary to Christ and who he is. And and, and, and and that we as a community might know him so these things that are in church they culture they' culture um, when I first you know started going to church I went to a Pentecostal church there was amazing divine things happening uh, God's presence his word but there were cultural pieces right as I said before the suit and tie. All right, um, we, just the way we did church, we would do Sunday school. It was this thing called Sunday school, which you go to church in the first hour of church. is literally just teaching. It's like no worship, really prayer or anything. It's just like sit down We're we're doing teaching. It was almost like like a Bible study, but they call it Sunday school and the kids would go to their Sunday school and then you start service. And, um, you know, and then after service, we, you know, and then we'd have a Sunday night service. Like, and it wasn't, we were like so big that we needed these, it was just, That is, you know, and so I was discipled and grew in the Lord, but that method is a method. It's an approach and praise God for it. But these things change in. And so I just wanted to end with this thought here and just speak of an actual strong cultural piece in the American church. Okay. And we have a a prominent church culture in America that is a culture of religion in this nation. Um, and it's white evangelical nationalism, okay? So uh, I know some, I said white, yeah, I said white. I'm white, I'm gonna say it. Um, I know sometimes some of this stuff might make people a little uncomfortable, like, ooh, what's he gonna say? What's he, what's he about to say? Um, so well, what I'm saying, this is, this is, at best, it's culture, and at worst, it could be very harmful um, because it is culture. It's, it's, a, it's not divine Okay, it's it's a an American church phenomenon. Okay, and so um, actually, a a white pastor, I believe he's retired now in New York, actually coined this term recently. He still kind of communicates in um, his language, I, and I appreciate him saying this. He just he just really taught it. Well, I can't remember his name. If you guys want his name, I'm sure you can find articles or something. Um, I was listening to a podcast an interview of him and. He was, he was calling it, he calls it a, and um, I think I shared this a little bit before, some months ago. But this is a cultural conversation. Like if we can't have these, then why are we even ha- why are we even saying we're gonna do it? So you know what I mean? I, I'm okay. I wanna lean into this stuff because this is important because I, um, when you talk about Christ and culture, we, I want to do it in regards to the church. It's, it's the space I'm in. And, it, and we must talk about it. Um, because, yeah, so let me let me just kind of share a little bit about this phrase, you know, white, um, and, and he calls it a heresy identity in the American church, and and that's strong language, like heresy identity. Why? Because it's so ingrained, and I'm not going to go into history of it. You can study the church in America, and you'll find it. You'll find that, and I say white because it was um, it's been ran and led by and. Began and instituted by white people, and there is a political element to it that is in the church. Okay, so I'm not saying, hear me out, that those that literally follow underneath this, okay, um, that that they're not Christian. I'm not saying that. I, I I just I couldn't, you know. But there's a strong cultural element here, and and this is why I'm saying it because it is culture, and our baptism is Christ. You, when you are baptized, you are not baptized into a political party. You are not, when you're baptized into Christ, it is him, the person, his body. You know what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, like utterly and totally divine and eternal in nature. But when culture, especially, you know, what I'm talking about is American culture is so strong with this type of culture. In some context, it's like, this is your political party. Here's your political card. You know what I mean? Like, and that is, no, 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 no. I was baptized into Christ. So what, like I said before, you're not obligated to any, any person, place, thing, ideology, political uh, party, any, nothing. It's Christ alone. Okay. And, I, and you know, this is a whole discussion in itself and kind of what this is. Okay, but I want to encourage you once again that your baptism is Christ, okay? Um, and it is not that, okay? So so there is a huge influence in the American church. The, and And I'm sure there's a huge influence of other political ideologies in America as well, okay? But I'm just talking about this one, white evangelical nationalism. You can be a Christian and be nationalistic, but being a Christian does not make me a nationalist. Somebody say, "Amen." Um, you can be a Republican and be a Christian, but being a Christian doesn't obligate me to be Republican. Somebody say, "Amen." You can be a Democrat and be a Christian, but being a Christian don't make me a Democrat. All right. Those are Democrat, Republican, and the and the pride of a. Nation in this world are all in the created order. They are not the creator, they are not divine, and I have no obligation to them whatsoever. Somebody needs to say amen. I, I, they, they, you know, somebody say amen. We let me let me read this again, folks. Galatians 3:26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, nothing else. Verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Esto, no más. Nobody else. Okay, Hallelujah. Because I'm a Christian, you know. In, in, in this strong culture in America, it it, it 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 can feel that that is if that's not Christian, that's church culture. Somebody say Amen. because i'm a christian does not mean i am now a right-wing republican because i am a christian does not mean i am a left-wing democrat or anything in between like that that's just not what a christian that that's not divine sorry i can't no not me right i'm not saying you can't be that but that is not what christian is because i'm a christian You know, and even in some ways, because of the just American culture is so celebrity driven and so pop culture driven, right? So it's idolatry in this nation. You know, because I'm a Christian, it doesn't mean I have to be a fan of religious pop culture. Somebody say, man, I don't have to buy the t-shirt. I don't have to fit into the culture that is prevalent in my generation. I'm, I'm baptized into Christ. So here it is. I got a phrase and I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this phrase. So uh, I'm not saying you aren't a Christian because you're a blank. Fill in the blank. Any cultural piece. I'm going to say it again. I'm not saying you aren't a Christian because you're a Republican. I'm not saying you're not a Christian because you're a Democrat. I'm not saying you're a Christian because you're a nationalist. I'm not saying that. But I am saying because I'm not that doesn't mean I'm not a Christian. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. All right, cultural conversations. All right, and I'm sure we can just go deeper and and, and really talk about this stuff um, and and, and really go into it even more. Maybe we'll continue some of this um, next week. But let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for everybody here. I just pray, God, that, that we, um, Lord, just, just refresh God our, our faith of what it really is. Lord, show us just the purity of Christ again, that it is not muddied with everything else, that you stand alone and there is nothing else you share your throne with. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's any cultural pieces that have gained the influence of our heart and worship, we repent right now, God. If there's any thing, idea, mindset, approach toward life, any, any person, place, thing, institution, or otherwise that has captured the throne of our heart, Lord, we dethrone those things now in Jesus' name. We kick them off the throne and we acknowledge who truly sits on the throne and that is you, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. We submit all of culture to Christ right now in this moment. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are worshipers of God. And Jesus, you are the lover of our soul. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.